Happy Smurfings, everyone, and welcome to Smurf Universe. This is the show where we are uh, playing every single Smurf on the Wii U console, and then we're Smurfing it, we're Smurfing it, and we're Smurfing it, all right? So we take it very Smurfiously. Uh, I think I fucked it up already because they don't—they don't like adapt the word Smurf, do they? It's just like Smurf. For yeah, you everything. don't. You, you don't. You don't conjugate. No, you don't. You don't do that. You don't do that. I'm sorry uh, to all the Smurf heads out no, there who I let down. Maybe you're right. I—I I, I feel like there was a moment where I started a game where Papa Smurf said, "Let's get Smurfing." Yeah. Okay. Oh, that—that that so. could have been true. That could have been true. So there's some conjugation, some light conjugation going on. Uh, my name is Steve Guntley. Hi. Hi, I'm uh, Woody Siskowski. Uh, today, uh, we are playing three games based on movies, uh, which always goes great. Uh, they're always, <laughs> like, top tier. And, uh, and and they're also, for what it's worth, uh, two of them are, you know, based on comic strips. Yeah, yeah. So, which... yeah, two, two comic strip, two film, two video game adaptations, which is always a seamless path. <laughs> but either way, we are playing three kind of lower tier mediocre games, which means we need our crappy game consultant here with us. Uh, that's right. We have brought back Ailish Collins here back on the pod to talk about some garbage. How you doing, Ailish? I'm good. I feel like Smurfette today. You are the Smurf. You are the Smurfette of this podcast today. Absolutely. They they tell you right at the beginning. They say uh, Smurfette was extra special because she was the only girl. She's the only one. So you're extra special. Yes, yes. A specialist Smurf. Well, we are excited to have you here to to lend your expertise uh, to these three properties that are near and dear to your heart. Yes, you've. Uh... Oh yes, I've uh, I've seen all three movies. Of course. Sure. Um, you know, I gotta say, I I I love these games. I double, well, of course. Them in my bed every day. Uh, you have those tattoos of all <laughs> of these do. characters. Yeah, I have a full sleeve. Yeah, of uh, all four I mean, penguins. One sleeve for the Smurfs, <laughs> one for the penguins. <laughs> Snoopy kind of gets relegated to the leg. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, hey, some people would be happy to be relegated to the leg. Yeah, it's not a bad place. Uh, so that yeah, that that uh, tells you a little bit about what games we're playing today. We're playing The Smurfs Two. We're playing Snoopy's Grand Adventure, and we are playing uh, Penguins of Madagascar. So yeah, penguins don't exist in Madagascar. I think we've established that already. So I, right, I'm excited you, you better, to hear what kind of wacky. You better hijinks. explain the backstory because Man. boy, that game did not explain anything. It sure I was didn't. more more confused after than when I started. Oh, I'll have so much to say about those penguins. Uh, first, let's start off by talking about what else we're playing. What possibly uh, uh, better games are we playing right now? Ailish, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm playing a game called Roki right now. I'm I'm playing R O K I. Yes. Hmm. Yes, it's a. Uh, it's is that is it a spinoff of like Roku? I don't believe like, so. You can uh, watch episodes of Chicago PD on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, no, it's a beautiful little point and click adventure puzzle game. Uh, I think it's all. It was nominated for a few Baftas, I think. Okay. Came out, but only one like best. It won best British game, I think. Oh. Uh, but it's it's this beautiful little puzzle game that's very much set into you know nordic lore mm. there's some trolls and there the, the the giants the jotuns it's it's beautiful and trolls and video games go together incredibly well i think that's what you want you want more trolls <laughs> in your video gaming space no it looks it's okay to have it's okay to have ai trolls oh yeah you no. just don't want multiplayer trolls i i saw a little bit of this game there's a big troll under a bridge who plays a flute with his nose so it's a girl troll oh excuse me All yeah trolls are yeah. stones now oh okay all right fair fair well i didn't know about that update uh but either way nose flute gotta love a nose it's a trollette oh. yeah it's a very sweet trollette <laughs> yes uh, what, do you, what are you playing right now? Uh, well, back in the mid-90s, there was a very important first-person shooter mm. that uh, came out. It got spread all around. I think we all played it, all have memories, and its influence is still felt today. Mm -hmm. I'm, of course, talking about Chex Quest. Of course, I would expect nothing um, else. Yeah, and, you know, the game that was distributed in boxes of Chex cereal and is actually a pretty fun Doom clone. Yeah. Where instead of, you know, fragging demons, you zorch flemulons or something like that. Um, and, and of course, we all don't, we don't need any further explanation. We all no. know what zorching flemulons means. Exactly. And uh, I was messing around with my Oculus and I found that there is a way to play uh, various ports of older games um, on in VR. You're kidding. One of those being Chex Quest. Oh, so my God. 
<laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, what a world we live in. Um, so it, you know, it, you have to go through some hoops to get it set up um, on your headset. But once it plays, it plays fairly well. I mean, the motion controls work, and you just walk around in the highly colorful checks warehouse <laughs> and uh, just zorch things up. So it's, it's like it, you you can adapt. It's like fully immersive. You're like in the world of of Chex Quest. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, this is this totally. is a game changer. This is like yeah. this is next level. I I legitimately like Chex Quest. Yeah, we played this game pretty recently. <laughs> we played this game together. Yeah. They have like a, yeah. an HD remake that came out for okay. which for some reason does not work on Steam Deck, and I'm very upset about that. Like oh, that that would that be a great sad. fit, but apparently yeah. it works on Oculus, so I might have to uh, plug <laughs> that thing in and get it going. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a neat, it's a neat little weird, uh, weird thing. I also tried playing uh, Doom Three, mm. um, which is a very frightening game. Still, um, the one Doom I've never played. Yeah, and uh, that made me a little sick. I think that uh, um, if games are not configured directly to play in VR, so the movement can make me kind of sick because yeah. it doesn't have the uh, teleportation mechanic the way like Half Life Alex would. Right. Um, so I think newer games might be a little tougher. Um, I have not yet tried Half-Life 2, which is another one. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, which is good because I don't know if I've ever played Half-Life 2. Oh, man. I've, I've, I think I've yeah. played Half-Life 2 all the way through like three times. That, that game yeah. is fantastic. It's a, it's a very long game, too. So that's, uh, you know, people at home are very impressed with me right now. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, I've still been digging into my uh, my Steam Deck, uh, finding some games and enjoying those. Uh, I uh, it, It's also given me a chance to play games that have been sitting in my Steam like library for a long time, and I've just never opened them up. So one of those games is called Chuchel, C-H-U-C-H-E-L. It is a very, very cute, like, point-and-click uh, adventure game with these really distinctive kind of wild uh, animations. And it's basically just, like, you know, the opening scene from Ice Age with the little rat who's trying to keep the the, the nut and, like, he just keeps scrat. losing it. Yeah, Scrat. He keeps losing his nut. Uh, that's basically what this game is. You're a little guy. Okay. You're trying to hold on to this cherry uh, and this hedgehog keeps trying to steal your cherry. And then all these weird monsters keep, like, putting up obstacles for you. Basically, it's just point-and-click interactive physical comedy, and it's uh, very cute. It's very short. I think I'm almost done with it after, like, I don't know, probably a cumulative 90 minutes of play so far. Sure. Uh, and it's enjoyable. Um, I'm, I'm liking Chuchel. I'm also finally finishing uh, a game that I've, I've picked out a few times, but it's also a very, it's a very difficult game to play if you don't have the right controller uh, configuration for it. But I'm finishing Octodad, the deadliest catch. Oh. Sure. Um, which uh, I, I've gotten farther in it now than I've ever gotten to before, and I think I'm I'm and nearing the end game on that one as well. Works really well on the Steam Deck, actually. Like that's kind of a good way to play it. So very cool. Octodad. I Lots had. Fun. I was working in the children's department of the library, and a guy came down who was maybe like sixty, okay. just by himself, and he's like, "Hello, do you have any of those Ice Age movies that only involve the squirrel?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I would want, right? Like, he's yeah. far and away the best part of those movies. And so, and th we did have a we did have a few shorts. Just uh, I think we I, I hooked him up with a Scratch Magical Christmas or something like that. That's so. great. I mean, that's a better way to go. I think yes. I, I do know the one thing I know about that uh, uh, character is that they recently shut down Blue Sky Studios, which will come up because one of the games we're talking about today is a Blue Sky Studios game. But Disney recently bought it and shut it down. And as kind of like a, a final little vindication for fans of the Ice Age series and acknowledging that the Ice Age series is not going to go on, uh, the animators made a little uh, a short where Scrat finally gets his acorn and he uh, eats it and everything's very happy. So they gave us some closure on that. That's you know, good. That was keeping us up at night. I was looking for. I'm looking forward to one where uh, the road or the coyote finally gets to eat the Roadrunner. I think that'll happen <laughs> eventually too. That's the other okay. closure I need. Uh, well, speaking of wacky old cartoons, let's talk about some of these games today. We're starting with Smurfs 2. This was released July 23rd, 2013. It was developed by WayForward Technologies, amazingly enough, and it was published by Ubisoft. It was also released yeah, on saw, 360, um, PS3, DS, and Wii. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, no, that's okay. Um, point is, it's on a lot of systems. I was not particularly excited to play the Smurfs 2 no. because I'm like, how good of a game is the Smurfs going to be? I have no particular attachment to the Smurfs, but my... 
hopes and spirits were raised when I saw Way Forward come on the title screen. Way Forward it, always just has a way of like uh, um, making making crappy properties just like a slight bit better, right? Yeah. Like they they put like just a little bit more energy and effort into it than they need to. I mean, in theory, they do. In theory, they do. Uh, because then I started to play the game. Yes, that, that's that's when we run into some problems. <laughs> Let's learn a little bit about the Smurfs, because you know what? The Smurfs were not a thing for me growing up. Like, they were around. They were ubiquitous. I was the right age for the Smurfs, but for whatever okay. reason, I don't think I've ever seen a single second of Smurfs-related uh, material. Also, I think that the our age difference, which is not substantial, which no. is maybe three, four years, yeah. um, is the exact amount of time where because I the Smurfs are I am not the right age for the Smurfs. No. And so I think it was exactly those years it that was, were, were Smurf fever. There, there was. It, it literally was all of the 80s. It was 1980 to 1989. And then Smurfs just died. <laughs> so they just stopped yeah. right there. Um, so the characters were the brainchild of a Belgian artist named Peo, who first debuted the Little Blue Troublemakers in 1958 in an issue of his comic book series, Johan and Pivot. Uh, so originally the characters were called Strumpfs, which is a, uh, a variation on the German word for sock. But so there were a okay. lot of different titles for this for these characters. But the one that became most popular was the Dutch translation of Smurf, uh, which I think is better. Strumpf is uh, it's a little bit more harsh, I guess. Smurf seems uh, eh, it seems fluffy. Smurf is a fluffy yeah. word to the degree that a word yeah. can be fluffy. So these characters took off as their own franchise after the release of a 1965 animated film called Les Aventures des Strumpfs, uh, which collected five different short films that were originally produced for German TV. And these were followed up by nearly a dozen different animated films that were released exclusively in Europe over the next decade. Uh, the characters were introduced to Americans in a 1973 children's book called Dilly Duckling and the Goblins. Uh, so had the Smurfs already, how long had the Smurfs been around before they came to the U.S.? Since uh, 58. Yeah, that's when oh, they wow. first, okay. first debuted. Yeah. Uh, and so, they, yeah, and when they first came over here, they were being called the Goblins, uh, which is, you know, less descriptive, I think. And goblins seem mean to me. I don't know. Is it, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, that's anything we've learned from Tolkien is that goblins are mean. Yeah. And uh, and, and Labyrinth, of course, you know, the Goblin yep. King. We, we know that. Uh, I guess he's a sexy goblin. He's a sexy goblin. Yeah. Distracting I never got sexy. the. I never got the vibe that he himself was a goblin. No, I, think he's I just the king. he's just in charge of the goblins. All of the puppets yeah. are goblins. Okay, all right. But you know, you got fifty-fifty on if they're good or evil. Yeah. Well, either way, he's Bowie. He's great. <laughs> um, so uh, the the Smurfs reached cultural saturation in 1981 when Hanna Barbera debuted their Saturday morning cartoon series, The Smurfs. Uh, the show would last nine years, which is a pretty insane run for kids shows. We've been talking a lot about a lot of games based on kids shows, and they're always like, oh, they made 200 episodes and it lasted two seasons. Uh, it's also kind of insane when, like, I'm not that familiar with the Smurfs, but, like, I, I'm going to tell you the Smurfs. Okay. They live in a village. Yeah. Gargamel harasses them sometimes. Sure. That's it. That's and he's Smurfs. like a now, run that cartoon for nine years. He's like a human, like wizard guy, right? Like he's an Igor type. He's an Igor type. Like he's kind of like. But a, he's like in charge. Guy. Like he's he's an Igor, but he's in charge. And doesn't he have a cat? Yeah, that's true. I think he oh, has like a mean cat. He's got a cat. Yeah, I think that sounds right. We've really researched okay. this for this episode. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched so much Smurfs content for this. Uh, but yeah, the, these, the, I mean, this was an insanely popular uh, animated run. It'd be nominated for several daytime Emmys, and it was just this marketing bonanza. We had toys, we had t-shirts, we had board games, we had breakfast cereals. Basically, everything you could think of had a Smurf attached to it at some point. I think Wait. the little figurines were kind of the most popular. They, were, they weren't even action figures. They're just kind of like little molded plastic figurines of the Smurfs. But those were like huge toys. So these were you like the minions said... of their time. They were the minions of their oh, time, yeah. yeah. No, I could see that. You said not that this is like a standard of quality, but you said it got nominated for Daytime Emmys. Yeah. Like I uh, – and again, I'm just – I'm casting aspersions to something I'm not very familiar with. But it's really hard for me to believe that the show could be good. I don't imagine it was good. I, I imagine okay. like I, – I think the uh, the category for uh, uh, animated TV show, like daytime animated TV shows was probably not very competitive. Like, what would you yeah, have? Okay. You'd have, like, He-Man and Masters of the Universe and, like, 
I don't know. The, Thundercats. Thundercats. Yeah, these are these are not high quality cartoons. Don't at me. I know the '80s were great. Everybody, shut up. <laughs> uh, but they were all bad. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. So the franchise burned bright for all the '80s and basically disappeared for the '90s. I think it, it was it became like the sort of like hipster ironic thing. Like if you were in the Smurfs in the '90s, it was ironic, or you were you were doing the Donnie Darko thing of like. Oh, so wait, all of the guys like in the village have to bang Smurfette because she's the only one. So like, do they have like oh, an egg based sure. like uh, biology? Is that is that how this is working? You know, so you, you have those little conversations trying to uh, uh, deconstruct the whole Smurf phenomenon. But nobody really right. liked them unironically anymore. Um, it, it, it is funny that like it, it, there was a, it was so easy to be like, oh, the Smurfs are in the 90s. The Smurfs are dumb. I'm really into these uh turtles who live in the sewer and yeah, uh, fight with Asian weapons. Way more sophisticated. Not yeah, to mention exactly. them, they're street sharks and the cowboys yeah. of Moo Mesa. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, the, the the franchise got a major revival in 2011 when Sony released the first Smurfs movie. Uh, this used a blend of CGI animation and live action. The movie was directed by Raja Gosnell, who is Alish's favorite director because he made both <laughs> Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. They're both fantastic films. They're obviously fantastic films. Yeah, um, and uh, it starred Neil Patrick Harris and Hank Azaria in human roles and the voices of Jonathan Winters, Katy Perry, Anton Yelchin, Fred Armisen, and many more. It was critically reviled. It has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it was a surprisingly huge hit. It earned more than $800 million internationally, which is crazy. Um, So I assume... That the reason that that movie exists is because of the Chipmunks movie. Oh, it must be, right? Because that right. was like, uh, the Chipmunks movie was this bizarre phenomenon of like, yeah, it's an 80s license. It comes back for this very mediocre well, the uh, chip, kids movie. The Chipmunks is even older. The Chipmunks is like a 50s license. It's some, yeah, it goes way back, um, yeah. The, and it's, those are so bizarre to me, um, is the pull of these, these sort of, licenses um that essentially predate the uh the audience that they would be looking for right you know what i mean well like, it's, it's uh it's the idea i mean again we cite the birthday boys a lot on this show but uh there's a birthday boys skit where a guy gets real excited because there's like a a, a a swarvels movie you know and that's the oh right so he, he's really excited to introduce the swarvels to his kids you know but then of course he's pissed off because it's not the ones he remembers it's ones that are catered to the new generation that's basically the the plot the 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 idea here is that like okay we're gonna hook the parents and then the parents are gonna make their kids watch it and then it's gonna uh, restart the whole marketing bonanza. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, I'm not trying to be a party pooper, but like, I'll poop it. If it, it poop, yeah, I'm gonna smurf all over. Um, <laughs> if you are at this point a 36 year old guy who's really excited to go see the Smurfs movie, mm-hmm. like. I don't know, maybe like evaluate your choices, evaluate your choices a little bit. Like your, your kid, it's okay for your kid to be into whatever dumb things kids are into now. Yeah. They don't have to be into the dumb things that you were into when you were. A kid. Exactly. Like, exactly. I don't know what the dumb things kids are into now are because uh, like my, my nieces and nephews are all super into Pokemon, which obviously is not dumb. Every it's great. And it's going to be great sure. forever. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what the other big popular things are. Yeah, so I'm I'm very out of touch with. Uh, the I mean, youth. eventually they're probably going to make like a Logan Paul feature film or something. See, and right? I don't even know what that right. is. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a crossover between uh, Wolverine and that movie where Seth Rogen plays an alien. Yeah, Logan yep, Paul. It's, that's exactly what that's it is. It. We'll just leave it at that. Yes. Uh, so yeah, this movie was a huge hit, eight hundred million dollars internationally. Uh, the sequel was fast tracked and given a bigger budget. But this is definitely one of those situations where they should have been like, okay, we got away with something. Let's just stop here because obviously people aren't going to come back. They're not going to get fooled by this again. And that was the case uh, because Smurfs 2 opened on July 31st, 2013 and was a significant letdown for Sony. The film grossed $200 million less than its predecessor. uh, And Sony promptly canceled the already in production Smurfs 3 and announced they'd be rebooting the Smurfs franchise entirely. (laughs) <laughs> the result of that was a uh, animated movie from 2017 called Smurfs the Lost Village, which is now it's now completely animated. They did away with the live action bits uh, and uh, it's it's, you know, generally considered a big improvement over the live action hybrid movies. But still, it's not like, you know, 
setting the world on fire or anything. You know, it's, it's sure. a January release. Or no, that's an April release. Never mind. But uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the the rundown on the modern Smurf history. Ailish, have you ever seen any of these Smurfs? Do, you, do the Smurfs mean anything to you? The Smurfs mean literally nothing to me, aside from my my tattoo sleeve. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The Smurfs have no meaning to me. I have never seen a Smurfs movie or TV show. I think this video game was the first bit of Smurf merch I have ever partaken in. And, like, I feel like that's okay. I feel like some franchises should just be allowed to die out. Like, you know, we should just be like, okay, yeah, yeah, this this doesn't uh, have any kind of relevance anymore. It was great while it lasted. Let's move on. But, you know, whatever. That's just me being cranky. Uh, as with most of the games that we encounter in this kind of uh, uh, quickie adaptation genre, there isn't really a lot of information about the development of this game out here. Nobody was really uh, charting it very closely. But like I said, I was surprised to see this is a way forward game because they 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 do a ton of like TV movie adaptations and they're always they're almost always better than you expect. Um, this game, I will say this isn't incompetent or anything. I don't think this is a broken game in any way. I do think it is mind bogglingly boring. It's a little incompetent. I don't know. Oh, oh, no. As far as the co-op goes. Yeah, that's true. The okay. The is wildly incompetent in that I'm pretty sure it does not actually exist. It, it, okay, all right, yeah, let's dig into this co-op. Woody, did you try and uh, mess with the co-op at all? I did not mess with the co-op, Okay, no. we were trying to figure it out. I Googled it. She Googled it, and then there, there was a great Reddit post. It was like, uh, uh, hey, I bought this game for my kids. I'm trying to figure out co-op. What should I do? And uh, the response was, you should get a better game. <laughs> so that's very helpful, but it didn't really help us for our purposes. I mean, it, it, it is true. It's true. But okay, the co-op on this is called like Clockwork Mode. That's only so that's a Wii U exclusive. I did learn something. Okay, that is a Wii U exclusive. So on other systems, you can play up to four players, and the Wii U says, "Oh, you can play five players actually because you've got Clockwork with the gamepad." Okay. And Clockwork is a Smurf, apparently. Yeah. He's a robot He's Smurf. He's a robot Smurf. Oh. But when you play Clockwork on the gamepad, you basically just drag around this ghost who effectively does nothing but just show up on the screen. Yeah, I thought maybe this would be, uh, you know, like a, a, a Mario 3D world or something where somebody can tap the screen and, like, create platforms for you to, like, walk up on something. That doesn't seem to be the case. Like, we could not figure out what the clockwork guy was doing at all. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't collect Smurf fairies. I couldn't, you know, bonk some, some creatures. I just, I was a nuisance, I think. Yeah. Anything else. Yeah, so... so you weren't, it, there's no just, like co-op mode where you can both run around as like papa or vanity smurf oh, no there is but i don't know how to access yeah we were trying to like if you go to the main like the character select screen in this game it's it's set up so that you have up to four players on screen at once right it looks like there's there's space when you're selecting your character for there to be three more and we were pressing every button on multiple controllers like trying to get it to work and it would not acknowledge there was another player there so, like, it's just very unclear how to make the co-op work to the point where I think they actually forgot to include it. Like, I'm kind of, that's kind of my theory is I, that they didn't include it. Especially because it holds your hand so much just right from the title sequence. It's like, oh, pick a game, and it tells you that. And then there's no way yeah. to do co-op. They Very strange. Just this, this one sad man and his child on Reddit. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's all they got, yeah. I, the game is weird in other ways, too. Okay, so it's it's based off of the movie. Like, it, it has the movie marketing on it. It has the character designs from the movie. But all of the cutscenes are from the cartoon show, and the plot has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. So basically, they okay. made an 80s Smurfs adventure, and they just kind of roughly shoved these very gross-looking uh, character designs. Like, this game weirdly looks, because of the shading and the textures on it, it looks like it's covered in a layer of grime. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it just looks kind of like a filthy game and not in a fun way like BMX Triple X or anything like that. It just <laughs> looks like a filthy game. My my biggest issue with this game's graphics in like I get that the Smurfs are small, like I get that that's part of that deal their deal. Yeah. I get that the Smurfs have two defining characteristics, which is that they're blue and that they're small. But like they're so small in this game. They're so small. Your character is fucking tiny and it's there's not like there's a bunch of other stuff going on in the screen no. that like I need to see. You're, I don't know why the character is so small, and that really drove me nuts. Yeah, 
I mean, there are a few. I'll, I'll, I'll give it uh, a couple of positive notices here. They give you a large variety of Smurfs to play with, and each Smurf does have their own unique ability. Like, I mean, the, each Smurf better have their own unique better, ability. They fucking better, right? Because they it's, are not very distinctive otherwise. Yeah, it's like yeah. there's a clumsy Smurf, and his power is that he's clumsy. There's Vanity Smurf, who, like, he will activate his powers, and everyone will look at him adoringly, and it'll basically just freeze them for a minute. Papa yep. Smurf throws, like, freezing uh, potions and stuff like that. And and really, you just, like, it's a side-scroller. You walk through the level. You collect a bunch of berries. Occasionally, you'll uh, fill up a vial that will make the Smurf's theme song, like, repeat over and over and over again true, until true, that... True blue. True blue. That's it. Yeah, and you're... Yeah. It, it'll just last until you run out of that fluid. And uh, Ailish was trying to make that song go as long as possible. I yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a banger, obviously. It's a great song, but uh, yeah, if, if you're not uh, annoyed by the sound of the Smurfs theme, then, uh, uh, you know, yeah, this is the game for you. This is, I mean, this is objectively a very annoying game. Yeah. Um, all of the characters, you know, repeat dialogue whenever you use their special powers. Um, and an example of this dialogue is like, Brainy Smurfs like I calculated it a hundred percent. The Smurfs are not in danger, <laughs> and he will say that every time he uses his special power to jump. Yeah, which is very annoying. It's a long um, thing to say, and like yeah, yeah. and, and uh, the we the the which one the Vanity Smurf Vanity kept Smurf. saying we 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 yeah, like it was like adorable. Every I, time he jumped. Different definitions of adorable. Yeah, it was, it was. It was less annoying than the song that I was playing in the background. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Um, yeah, it's amazing how unambitious, like, yeah. none of the Smurfs have the ability to run. No. Like, th this is a two-button game, but, like, in the original Mario Brothers, you have the ability to run. Yeah. And it's crazy that you don't. And, like, it, it's really, like, side-scrolling in the sense that, like, the the levels have no vertical, like, tint to them. Everything, you just go left to right. And even Gargamel will show up occasionally and, like, attack you. And at one point, like, the I sort of get to the end of the first level and Gargamel shows up and he's like, now I have you. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be like a Dr. Robotnik-style boss. Yeah. And two energy balls f slowly fall from the sky yeah. and I just kind of walk out of the way. And he's like, oh, you got away this it time. Was, that was literally it. It was like it was over before I realized what happened. I think he put two holes in the ground, but I was already on the far right side of the screen. So they didn't affect me. Yeah, it's like that scene in uh, the Homer the Clown episode where he's like, I told you we should have bought more than three bullets. Yeah. <laughs> he has yeah. to go back to big five. Yeah, and even later, there's yeah. a the second level boss is like a, a bullfrog that uh, you think it's like, okay, so I need to jump on this bullfrog or something. No, he's in the background the entire time. He shoots yeah. a couple of green balls at you, like five green balls, and then he goes away. Like, yeah. and then later you do fight him as a boss. Okay, yeah, I didn't get that far. We got, I got sure, bored by it. Why could you? Yeah. Oh man. The, yeah, this game is really just aggressively boring. It moves, it moves so slowly, and there's such a lack of things to interact with. It really feels it's, like a throwback to Super NES for me. Like it feels, it's like, okay, well, what are we gonna do with this movie license? Let's make a lazy two uh, D platformer. You know, that's. It's really all they did. Uh, they didn't really put any kind of extra way forward kind of energy into it, uh, which was a bit of a disappointment, you know? So I didn't have high hopes for this game to begin with, but I saw that way forward logo and I'm like, all right, well, maybe we got something here. Uh, spoiler alert, we do not got something here. We got nothing here. It, I, I always, it's so easy to forget. Like memory, memory is short and like we, we go through little sections where it's like we play Zelda the Wind Waker and we play Darksiders, like games that you're like, wow, people really put a lot of work into this. And then it's just so easy to forget that there's also games like this. Yeah. Because they just feel like they've come, like they, they exist in some kind of different medium. Right. We've moved you know? past like this it, as, a, as a society. It, yeah. It's just so weird to be like, these are both video games, but like they the amount of effort put into one is just so astronomical compared to how little effort is put into this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of little effort, let's talk about our next game today. That is, uh, the penguins of Madagascar. This was released November 25th, 2014. It was developed and published by little orbit. And it was also released on Wii and 3ds. 
All right, so this was a game that we we were trying to lump into another DreamWorks episode a long time ago, uh, and then the disc didn't work. And then <laughs> we had a brief moment of fear when I was trying to load up this brand new game that I repurchased. Uh, this one. Oh, was, so you bought the Penguins of Madagascar twice? I bought it twice. This one was sealed okay. in the plastic, so I'm like, all right, there's no way this is going wrong. I pop it in, and it's like, oh, your disc is dirty. It's not going to read. I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm not buying this game a third time. (laughs) Luckily, this just required a little quick wipe down. There was actually just like a finger smudge on there. So that's my bad. The game worked after that to the degree that this game works. Um, You have extra smudgy fingers. You have a disease where uh, your, your fingers generate an extra layer of smudge. I do. I smudge it up. I smudge things. Let's talk about this movie a little bit. Uh, The titular Penguins first debuted in the movie Madagascar from 2005. A movie that I spent many years getting confused with Ice Age. Oh, yeah, okay, I could see that. They came out around the same time, I think. They did not. They did not? Okay. No, okay, Ice Age was like 2002, and this was 2005, something like that. Have you seen Madagascar? I've seen Madagascar. Okay, I've never seen these. I age for Madagascar. Okay, yeah, I've never seen any of these. Are they worth watching? I don't know. No, okay, good. I can <laughs> I can check that off. I don't need to worry about it. Uh, so that movie centered on four zoo animals who are trying to stage a jailbreak from the Central Park digs and make their way back to Africa. Uh, the penguins were kind of the standout supporting characters. They're a squadron of highly disciplined, self-serious military types who serve as kind of like the experts. You know, uh, they're 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 the uh, the guys who know how to get out of prison. Um, uh, got it. So DreamWorks let the Penguins take the lead in a series of one-off shorts, which aired intermittently on Nickelodeon for three seasons. And in 2011, DreamWorks announced they'd be giving the Penguins their own spin-off movie with a release date scheduled for 2015. In a rare move, DreamWorks actually moved the release dates up since this film was finished and their slated fall release, Home, needed additional work. Uh, Home did not turn out to be very good, apparently. Uh, the movie debuted in November of 2014, and it actually got better critical notices than the first three Madagascar films. Uh, critics praised the fast pace and the references to old spy and prison escape movies. Uh, however, the film was a bit of a letdown at the box office, and with the fourth Madagascar movie in development hell, it appears we might have seen the last of the Penguins for the time being. Uh, I actually did watch this movie back when we were first uh, getting ready to talk about this for the the first episode. It's kind of cute. It's kind of a cute little uh, little movie. It, it's it opens with uh, Werner Herzog uh, doing narration, and he uses the term <laughs> sure. uh, "cute chubby bum bum." So you know, oh. if you want to imagine Werner Herzog saying "cute chubby bum bum," uh, it's That's it's pretty fun. great. There, there's a lot of fun stuff in these, uh, and there was one moment that made me genuinely laugh out loud. Uh, they were the penguins were trying to steal an airplane. And so we cut to, like, a long scene of them, like, studying the manual. And then finally he goes, like, yep, I still can't read. That made <laughs> me actually laugh. The uh, they were, like, none of the penguins are voiced by, like, big stars or anything. They're all, like, the director and, like, some of the animation leads. So it's just, like, whoever happened to be around and, like, wanted to voice a penguin got to voice a penguin. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I think the bigger names in this were John Malkovich playing a octopus villain. Uh, and okay. there's a funny recurring bit where all of his, I, I don't, it, it's hard to describe the bit. It's like, okay, so he, all, all of his henchmen have names and he'll say their name and then give them an order and it'll be a celebrity name. So like, he'll say, uh, Nicholas cage, those people, uh, oh, sure. Charlize, they're on the balcony. Like it, it, it was this weird, bit. he does it like 30 times and it's kind of like, okay. it's weirdly funny. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the th- that's the rule of comedy, right? Good comedy comes in 30s. That's yeah, the rule of 30s, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, so, what, I, yeah, I thought the animation in this described... looked kind of, like, chintzy, though. It's like, it's, I don't know, maybe it's just the DreamWorks style, or maybe it's just the style of these character designs. Like, the Madagascar movies kind of look this way, too. They're sort of angular and sort of, like, sure. they just look kind of cheap to me. Um, what, what you've described from this movie sounds like, it, you know, whether... However good it is, like it's a movie that has some personality, right? It does. It's a movie with like jokes and effort and like distinct characters. Yeah, it's it's and... it's like feather light. Like you'll probably forget a lot of it after you watch sure. it, but it's also you're not going to be mad if you watch this movie because none of that identity translates at all into this game. Not at all. It's... So we we recently played through every single Metal Gear Solid game. Uh, we mm-hmm. are very well versed in uh, stealth action right now, <laughs> and uh, this uh, 
could be considered a, a Metal Gear Solid game, right? I think this is as good. It's as polished. It has as intelligent of enemy AI. Sure, uh, you can you can drop uh, adult penguin magazines to distract the octopus. You can absolutely. I mean that that is kind of the weird thing is this is going for a little bit of a stealth adventure, which makes sense for these characters. Yep. These are like secret agent types, you know, who are supposed to be like sneaking around. Uh, but it is the single laziest stealth mechanics I've ever seen in my life. Like they, these, yeah. you can you can literally walk up behind the guards and bump into them, and they won't do anything unless you like are walking directly in front of them. Yeah, basically, you have there's about a five second window where if you just sort of stand in front of them and don't move, um, you will eventually get caught and have to restart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can, if they just see you and you just walk right by them, they won't really chase you or anything. No, no. Um, and then there's, there's, uh, spotlights, which you can just kind of walk through and like, it'll trigger like a meter. Um, and then this meter will slowly go down over like 10 seconds. Yeah. And then if you're not actively in the spotlight, you're fine. And um, again, you know, we're, we're aware that these are games kind of designed for younger kids aware of that. Sure. But like, again, uh, kids are not as stupid as these developers seem to think they are, and they're not as bad at video games as they seem to think they are. Like, you found what you we found those puzzles, right? Yeah, yeah there's there's little puzzles of the the laser floor, yeah, or whatever. But it's like you just have to watch it go through one, and then you're like, okay, there's one block I can stand on basically the whole time. Yeah, as long as I'm patient, I'm fine. And they're like these consoles where you're activating switches and it's not like you need to match up and make a certain shape. You just need to rotate the hexagon until it turns like white, basically. So sure. there's no like you, you don't have to like use any kind of strategy. It's just tap this button until it's done, you know, so there's no real kind of strategy to it. Like kids can handle a little bit more sophisticated puzzle work than that. You do get to play I, Simon I, at one point. You do get to play Simon, yeah. Yep. To, and so you, you, you play as four penguins here um, and you have to switch between them to activate different abilities. Um, this game, I, I feel like I often complain about games sort of taking too long to get started and like telling you a bunch of stuff that you already know. And I just kind of be like, I want to like, all right, game, let's just get into yeah. it. And this game really gets into it um but almost to a ridiculous extent like this game explains none of its mechanics no. to you um you it, it's not clear that you can switch penguins no, um, until you just start randomly pressing buttons and you're like oh i can cycle through and have penguins with different abilities um and there's no explanation for what those abilities are until you actually like use them um like if you go to a spot that um, you involves having to use the red penguin, it'll just sh you know show the background of the red penguin, and you switch to him and can activate a piece of dynamite. Um, yeah, this is but... this is mostly a two D side scroller, kind of like the last game, but weirdly, like okay, it's kind of two point five D. You can go into the background yeah. a little bit, but weirdly, they give you like a full three D camera. So I've never played a 2D game where you have to struggle to control the camera. <laughs> and uh, I was finding that here. Like, I, I don't know what it was doing, but like there should the camera should be a no brainer in a game like this. You fix it in place and then it scrolls when you scroll, you know? Uh, yeah. It, like, I think the puzzles here are sort of functional, but like mostly just lean into the side of being tremendously boring. Yeah. Like uh, puzzles like, all right, press this button to deactivate this laser grid behind you. And then go backwards, climb up the ladder, climb down in front of the other laser grid, and press the button and do it again. Yeah. Um, which is, like, not really a puzzle so much as it is you spending a bunch of time watching your penguin climb a ladder. It's, like, busy work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, even the climbing of the ladder is sort of done ineptly. Like, I kept trying to jump with the penguin to grab the ladder and climb it, and that would not work. And so I had to, like, back away from the ladder and walk up to it to climb it. And... I don't know. It's just like this game also is sort of verges is aggressively boring, but also verges into irritating territory. Yeah. Um, just by like how slow everything feels. Man, these uh, these DreamWorks games uh, in particular were just like extra shitty. Like it's shocking how bad these DreamWorks games are. It, it's it feels weird that they didn't put like a modicum more effort in it because. DreamWorks' big thing was they they're competing with Pixar. They're trying to be right. like 
they're trying to be of the of the caliber of Pixar, and Pixar has better games than these. Like those are not masterpieces either, but there's at least a little bit more effort put into them. And these ones, they're yeah, just like the, farming the, them out to like the lowest rent. Like Little Orbit is the tightest of the Wii U. Like that's the that's that's mm, the mark yep. of a uh, lack of quality. Uh, and I think this is the last Little Orbit game we're, we're talking about, I believe, on this show. And uh, it, it is they had a hell so of a bad weird. run. Yeah, because like this, these are not like small movies. No. These are movies that are intended to, you know, break a hundred million dollars or at least try to get close. Yeah. And to have a game where there's just so, so little effort in. And OK, this is the main thing that I want to talk okay. about. So like this game is not fun. That's sort of established right from the start. But like to me, if you're taking a licensed game, what? I, I kind of expect that the gameplay is going to be uninspired at best. Sure. But, like, right from the start, there's a cut scene of these four penguins who are like, we need to go get cheese doodles or whatever. Yeah. But there's no um, there's no voice acting. And, again, we've established these are not, like, four big, hard-to-get uh, celebrities. These are four like animators who who like they this is kind of like a little su- fun side gig for them and rico the There's... red penguin doesn't even really talk he just makes sound effects yeah how hard can it be to get someone to just go do some grunting into a microphone they just did like dots and dashes like and, and there's no like animal sounds or anything yeah, they yeah they don't even do like the banjo kazooie kind of like jibber yeah. jibber jabber and so the whole thing feels unbelievably lifeless it does like it, it, it's there's no, you know, like whether or not the dialogue is funny, none of the humor actually lands because you're just sort of reading these dialogues by four penguins who look the yeah. same. Like their voice is the thing that sets them apart because yeah. like, um, pri- they all just look like penguins. Private has a British accent and that has not come across in this at all. You would you would never guess. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's uh, it's bizarre how little effort they put into this for something that they, you know, this is trying to market like a successful movie. And I know this one wasn't yeah. as big as some of the other DreamWorks game movies, but like it was well liked and it was, you know, a, a, a reasonable money maker, you know. Yeah, and there's no there's no camera angle in the in the cutscene or anything. It's just like everything done with the lowest amount of effort, and that's the part that's so bizarre to yeah. me because Again, I expect that licensed games will often be lazy, sure. but if I care enough about the license, I'll be like, sure, I'll put up with some lazy gameplay because I really like these characters. Absolutely. And I just want to see and enjoy more content with them. But here, you're not getting any of that. Like, the the gameplay is more in-depth and <laughs> there's more effort put into that than there is into the license. Yeah which is really sad because there's no effort put into that. Ailish, I could feel you getting like actively angry at this one while we were playing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very patient game like gamer. I, I I hated this game. Yeah. I hated this game so much. <laughs> Worse than Crudes? <laughs> Worse than Crudes. Oof. I would rather play Crudes again. Oh boy. Okay, that's <laughs> uh, that one's still the bottom of my list by the way. That that still that might be coming in very like dead last on this entire I show. Would I would play Crudes in its entirety rather than play the first level of this game again. Okay. All right. All right. So strong endorsement from Ailish Collins here. <laughs> uh, definitely uh pick up Crudes too. Um all right, let's talk about our last game today, and this is Snoopy's Grand Adventure. This was released November 3rd, 2015, developed by Behavior Santiago and published by Activision. It's also released on PS4, 360, Xbox One, and 3DS. Uh, let's talk some Snoopy. Snoopy was the breakout <laughs> character from Charles Schultz's immortal Peanuts comic strip. Uh, this debuted in October of 1950, with Charlie Brown's beloved dog making his first appearance in the second strip. Uh, Snoopy was a popular character from the get-go, but he really exploded after the huge success of the first Peanuts TV special, the perennial favorite, A Charlie Brown Christmas, which I learned shockingly, uh, Ailish had never seen it. Or The Great Pumpkin. Or The Great Pumpkin, yeah. I, but, I've, I've uh, seen no Peanuts. I do have a lot of, like, Christmas special gaps. Like, I've never seen any of those Rankin-Bass, like, stop-motion animated ones. But oh, man. Miser, I've, never, I've never seen Rudolph. I've never seen Frosty. Oh, my God. I love Rudolph so but much. But I've, I've seen uh, this Peanuts special 800 million times. Like, this is a, this is a classic. Um, what, did you have, like, a relationship with Peanuts? Like, I know you were a comic yeah. strip guy. Like, I am, too. Yeah. I like, I like the Peanuts comic strip a yeah. lot. Um, I think there's a lot of funny gags and it's also i mean i i feel like the gimmick of uh peanuts is that it's 
kind of depressing. It is. Like, He's a it, very depressed, bald boy, <laughs> Charlie Brown. And some, somehow I can still find the humor in that um, in the comic strips. It, it still kind of lands for me. I have a lot of trouble with the Peanuts cartoon okay, um, and, and those specials because it's something about the um, Vince Guaraldi music, which is, which is beautiful. Like it's beautiful jazz music, yeah. but like it's so it, to me, it feels so melancholy, it's very melancholy and the voice acting of the kids, which sort of, I also find to be like kind of melancholy in its delivery they're all um, very deadpan, like, and they're they're yeah. clearly like not professional voice actors. They got like real little kids to voice these little kids. So, like, I find the 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 Peanuts cartoon to be like almost upsetting. Like, I have trouble watching that because I just find it so actively unpleasant. Like, Charlie Bla- Brown's like uh, depression is so palpable. It really is, and like. <laughs> And the people just sort of um, abusing him and being bullying him, and I'm like, oh, I why is this? Why is this for kids? My like, my first exposure to these characters in this world was a uh, uh, an animated special on TV that was called Why Charlie Brown Why, and it was about one of the little girls like learning she has cancer, and it's like, <sighs> man, okay, so this is uh th- this is really that really did kind of set the tone for what I think of as Peanuts comics. And so like, but I did always like these comic strips. Like they were my first comic comic strip. And, you know, they were clearly a very big influence on my very favorite comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes, you know, so it's definitely, there's a lot of uh, same DNA there. I I will say like the world of, I've often been fascinated by the world of like Sunday comic strips or, you know, the dailies in the newspaper Mm -hmm. as just something that has endured for so long, even though like, it's so out of the cultural consciousness at this yeah. point. Um, but Peanuts and, has not, there's not been a new Peanuts in 20 something years, but it still airs yeah. like, or it still runs which, in every comic book. Strip. Which makes me mad. Like I, you know, I, there's no doubt that Charles Schultz is a genius and there's tons of good Peanuts cartoons, but like there has to be new people who want to be cartoonists and have the talent to be cartoonists. Um, and the fact that basically every slot on a newspaper has been taken up by like fucking Hagar the Horrible yeah. or like comic strips that have been running for like a hundred years. Right. Beetle it's Bailey like, is still somehow around. Yeah, yeah. And like, at least they're making new ones of those. Like just relegate Charles, like peanuts. If people want to find peanuts, you know, they can find collections or they can read them online. Like free up that space yeah. for someone to come and do something new with the comics or stop trying to appeal to readers in their 80s. I mean, Ailish, you're, like, you're slightly younger than us. Like, you were comic strips like a thing for you growing up at all? Or oh, the funny yeah. page is still a thing? No, I read a lot of the comic strips. Okay. Uh, I think Pearls and Swine was my favorite growing up. Yeah, at, that's a good at one. At that time, Calvin and Hobbes was not in the newspaper anymore. Bill Watterson, like, a uh, big integrity move on his part, but when he retired, he fucking retired. So that comic strip stopped in 1995, and he has not rerun it. He hasn't done anything yeah. with it he reviews to license it yeah no it was it was pulled so they i mean there were i i got to see a couple new ones show up in the time that i was reading comic strips um a lot of them were only there for like a year and yeah they disappeared i think pearls and swine was the only new one that had any staying power but also increasingly yeah. like there are fewer and fewer newspapers so there are fewer and fewer comic sections and it's just something that i think is kind of it's sad, but I think it is going to die out. You know, like we have, we have Kathy's web comics. Ah, oh, Kathy, ack, ack, I say. <laughs> uh, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Uh, all right, a little bit more about Snoopy. Uh, Charles Schultz introduced the uh, the flying ace persona that uh, Snoopy is very well known for, where he he sits on top of his uh, 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 doghouse and pretends to fly a plane. He introduced. I think that was also driven by like there was like a Christmas novelty hit. Yeah. Of like Snoopy versus the Red Baron that was like went very high on the charts. Yeah, yeah. I, I always I think it's interesting. Like in the, around the fifties and sixties, like novelty songs would like do very well. Yeah. And like I always think about going back to the Chipmunks that I brought up briefly. Like, um, there was a year where um the song Witch Doctor with the uh, Ting Tang um, Walla Walla Bing Bang yeah. yeah with the sped up vocals and the chipmunks Christmas song came out the same year (laughs) and they were both number one hits. Oh man. People love that squeaky. Yeah. And I can't imagine how 
irritated you would be if you did not like those songs. Yeah, I, I have, okay. have like novelty songs just like fully died. I feel like all radio music is just so super serious now. Like, I, yeah, no more novelty. I mean, no they, more they, grandma they, getting they run they over probably, by a reindeer. I think it's been about 15 years, probably under 15, not about 15 years, but Crazy Frog. Oh, right. Frog was a hit. That was on the radio? I think so. I, knew, I only knew it as like a, a ringtone, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think it got radioed. Wow. At the very least, I heard it in bowling alleys. Because he just, what, it, there's, it's it's not even a song. It's just ding, 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 or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hey, who are you to decide what is and isn't a song? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Have sorry. Have you I'm, ever had a number one hit? I'm being very you can't snobby. can't break down case, Crazy Frog. I'm being very snobby. I'm sorry, but... Either way, the the Flying Ace persona was kind of like, uh, weirdly, Snoopy became synonymous with aviation for a long time. He was the unofficial mascot of NASA, of the Apollo space program, where we put men in space. Those were unofficial, (laughs) like some of those capsules were called like Snoopy 1, Snoopy 2, like unofficially. Um, and then, you know, of course, there's the uh, the MetLife Insurance blimp. Uh, you know, he was the mascot of MetLife Insurance for 40 years. And Snoopy was on a big blimp uh, that would play like above every football game, you know, so. And like, we all like Snoopy. Snoopy has a very appealing design yeah. and he's sort of got a cute smile and he's fun and likable. But like, he's very kind of antithetical to like the Peanuts vibe. I think. He's always like, off having his own little side adventures. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, Peanut, Peanuts is very grounded in terms of, like, kids talk about, like, having a crush on a girl at school who's not interested or losing, you know, Little League softball games. Yeah. Um, and Whereas Snoopy is just kind of, like, imagining himself as a World War One fighter ace. And you're like, wait, this is sort of a whole different cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a lot about childhood anxieties and then this dog with an active imagination. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the final Snoopy appearance was uh, in February of 2000. Uh, the, his final strip was released one day after Charles Schultz's death at the age of 77. Uh, and although it's not on the box art for this, this game is based on the Peanuts movie. Uh, so that film came out in 2015. And it has oh, this very distinctive kind of art style. You know, I really enjoy as like an animation nerd that more and more movies are letting like are letting them have like kind of slower frame rates, you know, like, like okay. uh, a little more choppy everything. Pixar is insistent on making everything so super, super smooth all the time. And then I think uh, into the spider verse gets a lot of credit for kind of mixing things up a little bit, but this movie did this before that. Um, I like, I like the way this, like I've never seen the I movie, either, but, but like this, I want to now. this game kind of made me interested in it. Cause I really like the art style that's in this game and then in the movie like you get a cut scene right at the beginning of the kids kind of walking over to charlie brown's house and then them all going out to play yeah. um before it kind of pans over to snoopy and just in that very short cut scene i'm like wow i find this sort of visually appealing and nice and it's um, hard to describe what this look is right because it's kind of like it's it's 2d characters with 3d depth and they're kind of textured too it felt yeah yeah like, uh, woolly world to me yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And every everything looks soft and warm. And this movie, I feel like it has kind of been like forgotten, but it was a huge hit. Like it made like more than $150 million. It was like a big, big hit. Uh, but Charles Schultz's widow is very protective of the license. And so he uh, or she's not really approving a sequel just yet. But I, I think there might be one in the works. But it, yeah, no, this was a big hit. It was critically acclaimed. I think it was an Oscar nominee for uh, Best Animated Feature. Like, uh, you know, I, I never got around to it. But, yeah, this game did make me want to look into it. Um, you know, Snoopy's been in a lot of video games over the years. Uh, of course, he's part of that whole bizarre, like, uh, Chemco Crazy Castle, like, weird license switcheroo mm, where, like, depending on right. which region, it's going to be either, like, Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse, Snoopy, Woody Woodpecker, or Pepe Le Pew. Like... You could be playing the exact same game in Japan and in Germany, but it'll be a totally different character depending on which uh, region you're in. Uh, but yeah, Snoopy has a bunch of games. Not really much since the NES. So he, had, he had like a kind of Olympian game. What was that called? Like Snoopy Sports Spectacular? Snoopy's... Something yeah, like that. that sounds right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of Snoopy games. I've never really played any. Uh, I mean, Snoopy doesn't really have any like abilities that would be consistent to make him an interesting video game no not necessarily just like like, a vivid imagination yeah yeah he he lays on his doghouse and imagines that he's you know flying a plane which that seems like i'm sure there's a snoopy like flight sim or there must be uh, 
but like and then he kind of just dances but there's no like identifiable move that you're like oh that would work really well as some sort of you know something to build gameplay right uh this game kind of like the smurfs doesn't really stick to the plot of the movie uh it is just using the art style and kind of setting up but but i like the basic plot of this it's just that the kids are all playing hide and seek snoopy is it and anytime he goes to look for them he imagines that they're in some kind of new magical world so peppermint patty's hiding place is actually a jungle uh you know and there's like an ice world and there's an aztec temple and there's things like that so uh, that's that's a fun kind of concept, and again, it just made me really think of Calvin and Hobbes and seeing the the yeah. influence that this had on Calvin and Hobbes. Um, but yeah, so uh, this game uses that art style from the movie, and I think that just that gives this game a lot more personality than you would expect. Um, it yeah. just it it moves at the same kind of like slower frame rate, and uh, all the character designs are just really adorable. And I I found this game charming as hell. Like I yeah, was pleasantly I, I, surprised. I wasn't sure. Like I, I had a hard time getting up the energy for this because I had played the other mm-hmm. two, and I'm like, oh my god, another one of these. Um, but it really just invites you in really well. Um, I mean, this is not a terribly ambitious game, but it this is what I want from a licensed Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Um, because again, I don't expect it's going to be doing anything super new and groundbreaking, but like the vibe of you know peanuts comes through here like it has that sort of piano jazz soundtrack um which is not something you hear very often in game no and it's it's kind um, of a a weird choice but it works yeah it fits really well um i wish um similar to the uh smurfs game i wish the camera was zoomed in a little more he's very small i think that i think that snoopy is smaller than he should be um but at least like the levels are a lot bigger and go in many different directions. So it seems like it's justified to have the camera zoom out because you're like, oh, look, I can climb on that branch off the other direction or catch a vine that way. Yeah, there's stuff to explore. Um, There's stuff to find in each level. And uh, Ailish discovered the co-op works quite well in this game. And the zoomed out camera, I think, actually helps with the co-op as well because the second player gets to be Woodstock and they Mm. can split Mm -hmm. around the map and bonk bonk the the villains and temporarily knock them out it's it's fun it's it's kind of like the tails mode in sonic 2 except you actually have a little bit more input and you can just like scout ahead and knock out enemies for me or like yeah yeah. if you lose your heart it can like i can attach it to my tail yes yeah he he kind of like it will grab jelly beans and like drag them slightly behind him to make it easier for you to catch them or like yeah or he'll save your heart so that it won't like fly away when you take damage like this, th- that was a cute uh that was a cute life method like in the smurfs game they use the sonic the hedgehog thing oh yeah, yeah where if you get hit you lose all of your smurf pellets or whatever and then if you get hit again you die and that that sucks yeah like that it, it sucked in sonic it sucks in smurfs it's anxiety um, producing yeah it's never fun. it's anxiety producing and it's such a way you're like oh great i spent the whole level collecting like a hundred of these smurf berries and then i got hit and i lost them yeah. all um Whereas here, Snoopy has three hearts, and if you take damage, like, one of the hearts will kind of fly up towards the top of the screen and slowly come back down, and then you can just pick it back up to refill your hearts. It's, like, it's a way to make the game fairly easy, but not in a way that feels cheap. Like, you still are going to get hit and take some damage, but it's forgiving. And it is just a nice way to illustrate kind of the gulf of difference between, like, you know, this basically is the same concept as Smurfs 2. This is just a, a 2D side-scrolling platformer based on a movie, you know. But they there's so much more invention here, you know, even though the basic premise is still very simple. This is a two-button game once again, you know. It's a very simple idea. You know, or maybe even one button. You're just, like, jumping. No, there's a little, there's a little more um, because later you also get suits. Oh, right. Yeah, there are the suits, yeah. Um, which, which which is very cute, Um like the first one you get is like a beagle, a, a sort of Beagle Scout costume. Yeah. Um, and that'll and let that you, allows you to climb on vines. Yeah, that'll let you climb vines. And there's a little bit of strategy to this too, because like you you can choose to get rid of your costume at certain points too. And you, I was playing through, I'm thinking, well, why would I want to get rid of the costume? And it's because you don't have your hover ability when you have that costume. So you're not going to be able to hit certain spots and if you want to go yeah, through and get every jelly bean, then you know you have to, that'd be cool. to spin spin your ears and hover, which is which is very cute. Um, yeah, the game seems very much designed to have you go back and replay old levels. 
like you were uh, walking around a lot to sort of empty chests where you're like, okay, I have to unlock a costume and then I can come back here and this chest will give me that costume. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is fine um, because I think that this is very much a game um, about a slow, a slower pace, yeah. like which is what you want. Like it's not a game that is really thrilling, but it's a game where you're like, this is a pleasant environment to kind of wander around and explore. Right. Um, and like, I, even though there wasn't a ton of voice acting in here, like I liked the voice acting. Like it's rare to have characters, kid acting um, that isn't irritating, especially in video games. And like, just when you find one of the um, Beagle Scouts, the little Woodstock birds who are part of your yeah. troop, the voice is just like, you found a Beagle Scout. Try to find all six. Yeah. And it was just it was just like it didn't feel like shrieky or like it was bossing me around. It just felt like nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's like kind of the melancholy uh, Charlie Brown voice, but it's still like it's it's more mellow than it is sad here. Yeah. You know, which which I appreciated. You know, yeah, I was I was very charmed by this one. It's nothing substantial. It's not particularly ambitious or classic or anything, but like this this is what I wanted from the Smurfs too. When I saw that way forward logo, I'm like, all right, I want them to overperform my expectations by like 10%. And and that's what this one did. Like this this is at least 10 to 20% better than it needs to be. Uh and there's yes. a little bit more thought and character put into it than they had to. And it's kind of beautiful to look at. Like I was I was yeah. I really appreciate that they adapted that animation style. And it, yeah, it's like if you were excited about the Peanuts movie or wanted more of the Peanuts license, like this game would deliver on that. And the fact that it's also a pretty fun game is kind of, you know, icing. And I am bummed out that Mr. Peanut didn't make it in this game, though. That's the one thing I'm like a little disappointed <laughs> about. He's the most iconic person associated with the Peanut franchise. That's yeah, true. Yeah, but big bummer. Um, do we have any final thoughts on any of these three games? Ailish, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, I was... The, the Smurfs game was also designed to have you go back and replay levels with those blue blocks. I learned this while I was trying to learn about co-op. Oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. But they had blue blocks that you couldn't break, and apparently those would just go away after you finished level five. But I feel like going back and replaying those levels wouldn't really add anything. So it's just, you know, it'd be like a little hole in the ground with a coin that you couldn't reach before. Yeah. Not a new part of the level by any means. Yeah. No, it was not enough of an incentive to, like, go back and, and play again. The fact is, like, any game that puts in elements of, like, hey, go back and replay for more content. Like, the baseline is your game has to be fun. Like, if the game is boring the first time, the fact that you have replayable content is not a selling it's point. It's like, I can be bored again? What? Yeah. I can be bored in different directions? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty mediocre. Um, well, let's move on to our rankings. Each week we are adding uh, the games that we just played uh, to our master list to see where these rank in comparison to all the other Wii U games. I'm dragging out this explanation because I can't open my phone. There we go, <laughs> I did it. Um, I'll start us off on this one. Um, three games of varying quality. Uh, Smurfs 2, not the worst game we played, but also just really boring, really unambitious. This is going underneath another game that I found pretty boring and unambitious, and that is Disney Infinity. Uh, that's going at number 96. Although I guess Disney Infinity was ambitious. It was just boring. Um, Penguins, uh, definitely the worst of these three Still kind of better than some of the other uh, uh, DreamWorks games, which is uh, not saying a lot. But this one is going underneath Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric for me, which I think might be the biggest gulf in our list so far. Like, you liked that yeah, game I way more than I did. I don't know what was going on with me when I played that game, but I had a good I time appreciate with it. it. No, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to get the counter, uh, the, the counter opinion on that. And then Snoopy was my favorite of these three. It was a very cute, charming game. Again, still no masterpiece, still no all-time classic, but I'm putting this underneath Deus Ex Human Revolution, uh, and that puts it above NES Remix Pack. Because, yeah, like I said, you have to acknowledge that this game is pretty limited in what it's doing, but uh, it's very cute, it's very uh, uh, pleasant to look at, and uh, I liked it. All right. Um, yeah, mine is fairly similar um, I Smurfs game was just aggressively boring. Um, I'm putting it at number uh, 123, which is right behind the uh, Epic Mickey 2. Oof. 
Um, the I agree that the Penguins game was the worst, um, just because it had the least energy and the least personality. Um, I'm putting it at number 128, which is right uh, below the Turbo Super Stunt Squad Ooh, game. Oh, suck a Turbo. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, the the Snoopy game, I would give a soft recommend. To. Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of a neat thing, um, and it's cool that there is a Peanuts game out there that's, like, kind of fun. Um, so I'm going to put that at number... Sixty-four, which is right ahead of all of the Lego games. Okay, all right, all right. There we go. And uh, Alish of the, of these three, so obviously Penguins was your favorite, number one favorite game of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I fucking hate that game. <laughs> uh, no, Snoopy was by far the best. Yeah. Smurfs takes second. Smurfs two. Smurfs yeah. two. It is number. It's already there. It's in the title. <laughs> and I really hate penguins. Okay. So um want to play some penguins after this? You want to start it up again? New game? New game plus? More penguins? How quickly can I catch a flight back to Seattle? Easily. Very easily. <laughs> Just get, catch on to some penguins. They'll fly you home. Uh, we have no letters this week, but feel free to send those letters in to ultra64pod at gmail.com. Excuse me, ultra64podcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we will happily read your letters on the air. Next mm-hmm. week, we've got a couple other games. R- really, this is sort of the last little batch of these games that I dread talking about. Like, these three are kind of... These licensed games are the ones that are hardest for me to talk about because there's nothing really to research. There's nothing really to grab onto. We're just kind of describing mediocre games. Well, and for what it's worth, the act of playing them is not that not fun. Not that fun. Not that fun. So I think from here on out, we've got kind of notable games for the rest of our run of this show. Uh, starting with next week's episode, which is going to be about one of the biggest franchises that just means nothing to me. And I'm curious if you have a different take on this, but we're talking about the Warriors games. So Warriors Orochi 3 and Hyrule Warriors. This is a oh. like the Dynasty Warriors series. Okay. Like, I got excited. I was like, yeah, I can dig oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, like, not that I, Warriors. I want to play the Warriors games. I didn't know we got to play that. Yeah, but... I guess I should have uh, been a little more clear. It's like Dynasty <laughs> Warriors slash Samurai Warriors. Like this, A weirdly popular series uh, that I just have dedicated zero time to so i think it's a series that knows what it is and sticks by uh, yeah it. yeah it seems seems to be the, the the case uh but we'll dig into those next week i'm, I'm looking forward so to wh- it. what are we playing next, uh, next week? week it'll be warriors orochi 3 and hyrule warriors back into the world of zelda okay. lots of zelda on the wii u that's uh definitely something yeah. that we're learning um all right y'all well we will see you then uh until then uh smurf all of you smurf all of you very much <laughs> All right, well, yeah, Smurfs, Smurfs for talking. A man in a plane.